0: Okay, let's uh, let's begin our uh, discussions and our journey into Parsha's Truma, which really, as uh, as many uh, suggest, is the next part of the Torah after Bracious through through Yisro, but even through Mishpatim is uh, is one section, and now we get into Truma, which is more of the halachic side of uh, of the Torah. so we get back to some stories, but then we uh, for the long run for the next couple of uh, months we are into the halachas. But of course, Truma starts off the discussion of the Mishkan, uh, which we alluded to a little last week, but which we'll get into uh, a little bit deeper tonight. Let's start off with the Medrash. Start off with the Medrash, the beginning of the Parsha, which many of the Ba'alei Machshava talk about. Uh, Isa B'Medrash Rabbah. says the Medrash, this is a quote from another Sefer, but it's basically quoting a Medrash. Mashal al what's the Mishkan? And va'asuli mikdash, the famous phrase at the beginning, made for me a Mikdash. Mashal al-Malach, lo bas Mashal to a king that has an only daughter. There was one, right, one suitor that came and wanted the daughter's hand in marriage. So, me avia makala. You know, I want to get married. I want to go back to live in my land. A prince comes. All the different, uh, you know, the potential uh, suitors come. And one of them says, finally he wins the contest. And he says, I want to, I want to marry this, your daughter. So, armalo aviyakala. So the mother or the father of the Kala says, Okay, but I have a problem. I have a problem. Biti. More Biti We're getting more chairs. There's, a lot, there's, a bunch, there's ten more chairs downstairs. Biti shanasati l'cha yechidasi. Says the father of the Kala, My daughter, who I'm giving to you, is an only daughter, and I have a problem. I can't bear to part from her. I'm going to give you the daughter in marriage. You're going to take her back to your lands. When am I going to see her again? I can't bear it. It's too painful for me. <laughs> to tell you that you can't take the daughter also. My daughter has to get married. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it says the king, I have a an idea. Do me a tova. Wherever you go, you can have my daughter's hand in marriage. But wherever you go, Build me an extension. Build me an apartment connected to your house. Build me a little apartment. That I could come live with you, you know, for the Zayda. I can't bear to part with her, so you know what? Wherever you take her, wherever you live, build me an apartment. Build me an extra room, and in that way, I could survive. In that way, I'll be able to handle your taking the daughter, and and I could bear to live with it. Says the madras, That's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Am Yisrael. sati I gave you the Torah. I gave you an unbelievable life. Life. Lifra writes, says right after, on the heels of Nasib and Ishmael. Last week's parsha, I'm at Ar Sinai. Hashem says, I can't totally divorce the Torah from me. Give it away like the Malachim argued in Masechah Shabbos. We want it. Keep it close by. What are you giving it to the people for? So, I can't not give it to you, uh, separate from you. I can't say not to take it. Wherever you go, bait Asuli Hashem says to all of us, build me an extension. Build me a place in your heart where I could come and live wherever I want. Mikdash. Make for me a base of mikdash. So, whenever, right, the first thing you need in a community... Is a shul, a base medrash, because you got to have that makom for a Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't let us have the Torah without a place for Him. And of course, Chazal also say right, and that's why he even said, I, I gave you from a, a quote from the Sefer Ohal Aryeh, quotes in source number one. But El Yosef says the Pasik at uh, the toward the end of Sefer bracious that what happened before they went down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu sends, set up a yeshiva, set up a base Medrash in Goshen, l'sakin lo Beis HaTalmud, because the first spot that a person needs to set up in their life, or in a communal life, is a makam for a Baruch is a place, a shul, a yeshiva. And as chazal darshin v'asuli mikdash v'shachati b'socham, we also might say on a deeper level, betoch kalechad v'echad. That not just physically we have to leave open a place for Kaddish Baruch Hu build him an extension, but even personally, we have to always have to have a place for Kaddish Baruch Hu In our hearts, whatever area, whatever part of life we're up to, to build a Kaddish Baruch Hu that little ketone, the little area where he could come and feel at home. Okay. Next idea, Again, most of tonight, as one would imagine, most of the Parsha is about, uh, the whole Parsha is about the Mishkan, uh, next week's Parsha, just uh, the summary we'll have to talk about, next week is all about the Big Day Kahuna, the first part of it, the last, at the end, you get back to some of the Kalem. get back to the Mizbech at the end of the Parsha next week, but this Parsha is about the Mishkan and all of its Kalim, um, so again, a number of, f- f- first couple of points, first half, we'll discuss the general ideas behind the Mishkan, as we just did. Next thought. We have two thoughts tonight from Pinkus Farish Ferishimshin, which came out this year, so we have to inaugurate, inaugurate the Sefer. I thank Hal for uh, bringing it back from Meir for me. Says the uh, says Sulam Ben Hashamayim Shamayim If we look closely at the Mishkan, we will realize its uniqueness. I Wanted to start off with the story. I forgot. I'll mention it now. Friend of mine who actually now lives in Israel, but he used to be a rabbi in a prominent uh, community in the metropolitan area. And when he was an assistant rabbi there, he told me that there was a man that came over to him after, after laning one Shabbos, Parshas Truma, and said to him, Rabbi, Torah is amazing. This was a recent Baal And my friend says, Really? Why? What's, what was so amazing? He says, This Parsha is unbelievable. It's amazing! So my friend says, all the Torah is amazing. It, it, sure, it's amazing. But can I just ask you, usually Parsha's Truma is not what inspires people. It's not one of those Matan, Torah, Yetzias, Mitzrayim, Kriyas, Yam We've just had many of them. This is not usually the one that gets people, right? So this is usually the one where the difference between the men and the boys is apparent in terms of being Mav Sedra, right? This is Parsha's Truma. You need the picture books. So can I, can I ask you what's so exciting? He says rabbi you don't you don't understand. I'm an architect. And I read this parsha and I see the de- the detail that goes into every curtain and every socket and every peg and every board and it hangs down exactly the dim- the dimensions. It's unbelievable. So my my friend the rabbi said, "You're right, it is unbelievable." It all depends on what we're used to and the more we the deeper we think about it and the more we know about it, the more special it is and the more unique it is. So just as we, I mentioned it many times in the Dachyomishir, whenever we're scared of a part of Torah, it just means we have to learn more of it. Whenever we have to more, learn it deeper, whenever we have a, a topic in Kachim and Taurus that come up, it just means that we have to devote ourselves and, and try to learn the appreciation of Kachim and Taurus. So this is a little Kachim as we uh, uh, touch on in Parshish Shuma, But Again, this is what it's all about, learning the messages. So Cesar of Pincus, source two. That the Beit Hamikdash is a bridge between the Shemayim Shemayim LaShem, the spiritual, and the Haaretz HaSalam the physical, between Olam Hakadoshah Hashemayim LaOlam the heavens and the Chulin. Because he says, if you think about it, Mitzad Echad Adam Nishinichnas the Beit Hamikdash. Let's say if somebody walks into the Beit Hamikdash, an unaffiliated uh, person who is not well versed in what's supposed to go on in the temple. So what does he think? It's possible to think that he's in a total, totally mundane physical surroundings. Why? Imagine the picture. Imagine we we t- stop, we take pictures, and we send them out. What goes on in the base of Hamikdash? The What's there? The Kohanim are to their knees in blood. The Gemara says, they're running around. There's they're carrying parts of the different animals. The Kohanim are running, making sure that, that right when they shut the animal, they catch some blood. They go to the Mizbeach. They sprinkle it up and down and they're walking around and there's there's, a, there's 13 Kahanim, 14 Kahanim that are that are holding different parts of the animal that are waiting to go up the ramp and then they hand it to another kohen and they go up the ramp and there's smoke, there's four smokestacks coming out from the top of the Mizbeach and there's a bunch of Kohanim washing their hands because things just seem to get dirty. It doesn't look so spiritual. It doesn't look like the Beit Hashem, the Beit Sabrira. It doesn't look like there's something so inspiring going on there. Okay, you got some, some Levium singing some songs, some trumpets playing, pouring some wine. You know, once a, a week out of the year you pour some some water and you have some flour and oil and in the in the back room over there there's a, there's a Nuzer getting his hair cut. I mean, there's a lot going on in the Beit Sabikdash. So, what are we supposed to think? So, Cesar of Pincus, on the one hand, you can look at it, it's the most physical like the back of a butcher shop, Lahav Dill. It didn't smell. Which we'll get to in a second. Zarkamagamimizbeach, Ochlem Badash nechbada, Basa, they're all, all the khanim are eating, eating the meat, all the kachim, you can't eat outside the azaras. So they're all eating the meat there, and you gotta finish it in time, you can't let it become no sir the next day, so they gotta make sure they eat it all. So, ani, her, this is Raphinkus in brackets, ani kach, Pesach, he says, let's say somebody looks into the window right after everybody had just said, and they see everybody quiet. Mm, 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 mm. doesn't look so spiritual. Just as an aside, where Shlomo Zalman writes, which is so mistaver and so classic of Shlomo Zalman, that it can't be that we have to eat the matza in a way that is not bederah heretz. It can't be that Chazah wants us to eat so much matzah in so little time. It's impossible that the Torah wants us to do that. right? In three minutes you have to eat six matzahs? He said, whatever the shear is, there a different shiir of the matzah. But it can't be a, a way that that is not normal eating. It can't be that, that the Torah demands that. It's got to be at a, at a good pace. But it can't be more than what Derek Eretz would dictate. Classic of Shlomo Zalman... That's what he says in Mustafa. So it says back to Rabbinicus, or if somebody looks in the Pesach Seder, if somebody looks into the Beis HaMikdash, it looks very physical, it looks very mundane. But on the other hand, line 11, You walk into the Beis migdash and you realize it's not from this world. You see the smoke going straight up, even though it's pouring in all of Yerushalayim, and the fire is not going out. You see all the meat around, and nothing stinks. There's no stench, right? You see that all of a su- everybody's standing, and all of a sudden they're they're squished, and all of a sudden they bow down. There's plenty of room, right? Omden These are nisim that happen every single day. There's not a bug, not one mosquito that goes near the meat. Nothing. Nobody ever gets sick. The even never gets sick because they're, they're 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 running around barefoot on the cold floor, right? So nothing. So on the one hand, it's the most mundane physical gashmi place. But on the other hand, you look inside and you see Nisim. And then you we know, we can't see, but we know even in the, the Kodesh Kadashim the Aaron's in there, but if I know the dimensions of the Aaron, it shouldn't be able to fit in the Kodesh Kadashim. doesn't make sense based on the dimensions. Right? The, 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 the Chazal say Aaron en, and and Amita. doesn't take up any space. So there's very Ruchani space. So Cesar of Pincus, that's exactly the point the Beit HaMikdash, which is the makom of the sulam, Mutzav Arsav, Rosh HaMagi Shemaima. sulam, that word only appears once in all of Tanakh, it's a hapax, right? That word sulam, Yaakov sulam, that he saw in his dream, on Har that is the exact makom where um, this connection and chibur and gesher of this world and the next world appears. The top of the next page, in Ha-Mikdash, If the Beit Megdash was only a place of only Ruchnias, of only spiritual, Makom Shem Malachim, let's say you walk in there and oh, you see Malachim flying around, and, and it's totally spiritual, then we wouldn't be able to relate to it. So, what good is it for me to see something totally spiritual? The point is no. We take the most mundane, and maybe that, that can give us a better appreciation. Every time the next time we think about sprinkling blood, we think about that's after the point to make it so gashmi, to make it so physical, and yet so spiritual, giving us the message that ourselves, people, though mundane, though made up of physical raw materials, baser vadam, but look at the heights that we can achieve. The Beis Hamikdash is a microcosm, v'shachanti besocham. We are Gashmi, but look what we can achieve. We are Rukhani. Ravar Aaron once said on the Pasuk of beginning of Ayetze, where Yaakov wakes up in this place, in the same place we're talking about. He says, Ein Zeki, and Beis V'zeh ha-shamayim. What's the difference between a bias and a Sha'ar? Kainzim Beis V'zeh ha-shamayim. A Ba'yas is a place you go to. That's the ends. You go to the house. You go into the house. A Sha'ar, you go through. It's a gate. So the base Hamigdash was a base. It was a base Hamigdash. Beit elokim. You go there. It was an ends A Lila Regel. But the experience was supposed to be a Sha'ar. It was supposed to be an experience of seeing the bias, but then going through, using that to come closer to Baruch Hu, To be a Sha'ar. That's what the Mishkan was. It was a base elokim, but with the proper appreciation. It was a Sha'ar Okay. There's a fascinating Machlokas we shown him. Describing, and again, this is still the general points of the Mishkan, and then we'll get into, the second half, a little bit some of the details. General Machlokas and those Tamidim here in Maishir, well, we discussed this earlier in the year in uh, Masechus Psachim. General Machlokas, Rishonim, what was the purpose of the Mishkan? And after that, the Beis HaMekdash. If we look at the formulation, the Nusach, of some of the Rishonim, there seems to be two very different schools. And that is the Rambam versus the Ramban. The Rambam writes in source number four, in Mitzvah Asay Chav, the twentieth Mitzvah Asay, HaMitzvah HaEsrim Chet Tivanu Livenos Beis Avoda, is to build a house of service. Bo Yieh HaHakrava, we will sacrifice animals there, ishtamid, and we'll make a fire there. VeEilavi Yieh Halicha we'll go to Hashem there, and we'll get together every Yantiv, we'll get together every year. Right. That's what the Mishkan about. The Rambam says, service, aliyah, a-regel, make a fire there, vasuli mikdash, and all the kalim, the Rambam says at the end, are also included in this. There's no separate mitzvahs, i say, build the menorah, or build the kior, the washing station. There's no separate mitzvah out of the 613. There's one mitzvah. One mitzvah, build a mikdash. on mikdash, or... Or a Mishkan, depending on the, t- on the time of history. But one mitzvah. The Ramban argues parenthetically about maybe the Arun is something separate, but the Rambam says one mitzvah and the menorah, the Shulchan, the Mizbath, they're all included in the Mikdash. Fine. The Rambam echoes this in his Sefer Halacha, in Ilkhaz Beis Ab-Kir, in source number 5, where he says, Mrs. Asseh, Lassos Bayis Lashem, it's a a-say, which, re- it's a separate topic whether this mitzvah applies, Manaseh. I mean, let's say, Mehera, even me, before Mehera, we build a base of mikdash. Let's say tomorrow the Arabs realize that Jerusalem is not their homeland; it's not their home city. They go back to Mecca, and you know everybody leaves, and it's only Jews in Eretz Yisrael, right? Imagine that. So then, what do we do? Then we'll go. Uh oh, what do we do, right? Then we'll say, go, we'll go, we'll go to Rabbi Yishev and say, what should we do, right? What do you do? There's a big issue. Are we allowed to build a base of mikdash, right? So you can't go on Harbais. You can't get that far because we're all talking well, time may about other parts. There are other things to get prepared to, to get prepared. So that's a big issue. The Rambam Paskin's based on the Gemara. You're allowed to be building his beach even though you're have a base of right? Though have So there, this is a major, a major issue. So the we be shown him whether the third base, the third base of are we going to build or is it going to come down from Shemayim? It's also, again, this is a separate topic. It's all fascinating issues. But either way, it says the Rambam. Mitzvah, it's a mitzvah say to build a base of Mikdash. Mukhan lios makrivin bo karbanus. Ready to be of karbanus. The choggin, a love, shalos, bashanah. And you have a chagiga, you have a celebration there three times a year. Vasu li Mikdash. So what is the focus of the Rambam? The focus of the Rambam is, it's for us. It's for us to serve Hashem. It's for us to come up to the Base of HaMegdash three times a year to be inspired. It's about us. That's the Rambam. Contrast this with the Ramban. Know what the Rambam, the Rambam does not say. What does the Rambam do not mention at all? The Rambam does not mention, okay, tefillah. Tefillah is parallel to Karbanos. And I wouldn't fault him for that. But what does he not mention? Well, he mentions the Kalaam at the end. What about being a house for Hashem? What about the Shekhinah? What about a, a place for the Shekhinah to rest? No mention of that. No mention. Not in Sefer HaMitzvos, and not in Hilchas Beis Abchira. Now let's read the Ramban. Nachman of these. The Ramban, the Rabban, first Ramban in this week's Parsha. The Ramban and Rajas Truma. Kasha Hashem and Misra and Bafan and debros. <laughs> When Hashem spoke to Bnei Yisrael by the Eseres Adibros, by Ma'am Arsinai, Sinai, and keep in mind, again, we mentioned this last week, that the Ramban holds that the entire Sefer Shmos is written in order, chronological order, not like Rashi. And therefore the Ramban says that this week's parsha Truma, and the Tetzaveh happens right now, right after Maimad Adar Sinai comes Truma and Tetzaveh. Kisiza happens later. Rashi, we're going to learn, is going to tell us that the Ekel happened now, before Truma. Rashi puts Kisisa before Truma. But the Ramban says, no, straight. Right after Har Sinai comes the Mishkan. Says the Ramban, you know why? As we're about to see, because that's the Tachlis of the Mishkan. Says the Ramban, when Hashem spoke to B'nai Yisrael, about teres HaDib, Rosh osama Yidei Mitzvos, shehem K'mo Avos, L'Mitzvos, Torah, and He gave them some Mitzvos which are Avos. Fascinating. We have Avos and Toldos in other areas of, of Halacha, Hilcha Shabbos, Avos Nazikin and Avos hatoma. Those are the three. First, Dothan Baba Babakama says there are three categories of Avos and Toldos. Here's a fourth one, says the Ramban. Ramban says there are Avos and Mitzvos. There's a Radvah that says there are avos of kinyanim also, but generally there are three main three main avos. Shehem kmo avos lemitzvah zeh torah kasher in he im agerim sheboim Just like somebody who ever comes to convert, we give them major mitzvos. We don't have to tell them every detail right away. So our Sinai, we got major mitzvahs. And then v'yisrael k'iblo amasos kol kolmashi zavim al yado. And but said, we'll take it. Nasav nishma. We got many mitzvos. And then what happens? Then mishpatim. Then we got some nitty-gritties. And then, after that whole experience, we have the commandment of the Mishkan. Why? Where it's underlined. They are kadosh to be the shechina amongst them. And once they accepted by Mamar Sinai, Mishkan, Yisrael. In other words, and he says it even more explicitly later. The Mishkan is supposed to be a continuation of Harsinai. Har Sinai. is a place where Hashem came down and met with Yisrael. That intense experience is supposed to be continued throughout history in the Mishkan and eventually the Beis Megdash. It's a place for the Shekhinah to come down and rest. The Ramban doesn't say a word about Karbanis, about Alila Regel. This is his catching and capturing what the Tachlus of the Mishkan was for. A place for Hashem to rest his presence. Look down, line 16. There's the line. In the Mishkan, B'nai Israel had the Shechina, which appeared to them at Harsinai. Just like Moshe was on top of the mountain, Moshe was in the Almoid. It continues. just like Matan Torah. The Ramban parallels Psukim from Harsinai to the Mishkan. Why? Because Harsini and the Mishkan is one continuum. So this is a fundamental machlokas we shown between the Rambam and the Ramban. The Rambam saying the purpose of the Mishkan is avoda, karbanis, regel the, Ramb- the Ramban saying, no, it's more of a mashem. If we generalize this for a moment, I think we might be able to see that this is Lishitasam in terms of their philosophy. The Rambam being the rationalist, the Ramban who is obviously rational, misvara, but he is influenced much in a much heavier way by Kabbalah, by Kabbalistic ideas. The Ramban, what's the purpose of the Beis Migdash so Hashem could have a place to rest. That's the, that's the mitzvah. We have to do something so Hashem has a place to rest. That's Ramban like. It's a machom menuchas hashchina. What did the Rambam say? No, it's about us. The Rambam says, what are we going to do? It's a place for us to bring Kabbalah, It's a place for us. It's focused on us, the human inputs, the humans being inspired. That's where it starts. Says the Rambam. The Rambam is always focused on not the kabbalistic machom menuchas hashchina. There's a place for the hashchina. Baruch Hu is the infinite. The Ramban would say, yeah, Akanish Baruch Hu is going to be but same himself. But this is the Rambam and the Ramban, a number of Achronim note, Lashi Tassam, their type of view of the Mishkan is reflected by their general worldview. Just one other case, this comes up in five or six places. One could see this uh, um l'shi Tassam Achlokas and how they view Navua and how they view Malachim, various concepts, but I'd just like to do one, one more with you, and then we'll move on. We know that the Hebrew language, not modern Ivrit, but at least originally, which was the source of modern Ivrit, is called Lashon HaKodesh. Lashon HaKodesh, the holy language. Why is it called Lashon HaKodesh? What makes it holy? What makes Lashon HaKodesh, Kodesh? So amazingly, this is a Machlokas. It's a Machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban. Why is it called Lashon HaKodesh? Where is this Machlokas? Should have said it last week the beginning of Parshas Kisisa, on Machsus HaShekel, B'Shekel HaKodesh. That's where the Ramban, in his commentary on Chumash, source number eight, quotes the Rambam in the Moran of The Ramban in the Moran of Uchem and his guide for the perplexed discusses why it's called Lashon HaKodesh. What does Kodesh mean? Where does Kedusha come from? And the Ramban talks about where does Kedusha come from. So first the Ramban says his own Shita. Look on, look on the... Uh, at the top of source 8, Why is the language of the Torah is written in Lashon HaKodesh? What makes it holy? Because anything God ever said was in that language. Hashem speaks to His Nevi'im in this language. That's what makes it holy. Because Hashem created the world with this language, as Rashi says in Paris' Gracius, Ish Isha. Because akadish Baruch who did it, that's why it's called Lashana Kodesh. He He taught Hashem spoke to us, Atherth Dibrus, in Lashana Kodesh. In this language, and therefore it's called Lashana Kodesh because akadish Barhu made Alashana Kodash. Ubo All of Hashem's names are in this language. Ubo That's what makes it holy. Because there's it an inherent quality to it. What does the Rammam say? The V'harav of navuchim, skipping to line 8. Where the wrote in Why is it called Lashon kodesh? Don't think that we're so proud of something. halashon No, you know why it's called Lashon kodesh? says the Rambam, you know why? Because pe- there are no dirty words in Hebrew. Says the, we're not talking about Ivrit now, we're talking about Lashon HaKodesh. Says the Rambam, there's no dirty words in Lashon HaKodesh. One second, let's continue. What words are there? Right? For the, when a man and a woman get together, it's called Bia. Why, that means going into a house. Go to a house. There's no separate word. No separate word. Why? Because that's what makes a kadosh, when we talk about it. And he says, there are other words. In other words, we, when we talk it, we use it properly. Meaning, let's say we change something and add in words to a certain language, so that it's not kadosh anymore. But it's all mitzah. There's nothing inherent about this language. It's a kadosh Baruch who created the world with this language. He speaks in the Nevi'im with this language. The Raman says, no, it's how it's used. V'hine, he said the Ramban, I disagree. No, it's Kodesh Kodoshim, because Hashem created the world with it. I disagree with the Ramban. There are words that could be used for certain, um, certain um, parts of the body, certain acts that people are involved in. But this is the macho between the Rambam and the Ramban. Again, we can spend more time on it. But in short, if you think about it, generalize it, it's The Ramban says, more of the mystical, the Kabbalistic, the Mishkan is for the Kodesh Baruch Hu, a resting place for Kodesh Baruch Hu. Lashon is holy because the Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world with it. There's something inherent, mitzad Hashem. And the Rambam says in both places, no, it's mitzad us. It's beside the people. Okay. Just as L'shitaso I gave you in source number 9, the Rambam in the Pirish Mishnah is the beginning of the second parakeh of Pirkei Avos where the Mishnah says you should be a Zohir with Mitzvah Kala What's a Mitzvah Kala? You should be careful with little Mitzvahs. The Rambam says speaking Lashon Hakodesh is a little Mitzvah. It's a Mitzvah. Because the, what makes it holy? People talking it. When we are Makadesh, when we sanctify it, that, that, that's, a mit, that's a Mitzvah Kala. So the Ramam says in Perkyavos in source number nine. Okay, let's continue. If you the beginning of the of the Parsha, the Torah lists off all the raw materials that were donated. That were donated by the people for the Mishkan. So the Torah says, the beginning of the parsha. Um Pasek Dalet, Tcheles, Argama, Talashani, Sheishveizim, all the different materials, Oros, Elam Adamim, Red, uh, Red Highs, Oros, Trashem, Azishitim, Wood, Shem and Lamar, Oil, Besamim, L'shem and Emishcha, right, uh, spices, Avni Shom, Avni Milu, and Leif of and the beautiful stones to put on the Choshen, the 12 stones, and on the Ephod, the two stones that go on the shoulders of the, of the Kohen Gadol. The question that is asked is, it seems to be going in... Ascending order. I'm sorry, descending order. Right? Zahov is first. Kesef is next. Nechoshes. You have the materials, and then the, the, the garments, and then the oil. And yet, the last thing on the list: Avni Shohem ba Avni Miluim. The precious stones that go on the choshen and the Avni Miluim that go on the on the shoulders of the Kohen. Famous question: Why are those last? Zav, Kesef, is first. It seems to go in descending. Boom! And you come to the end. Avni, Shom, Avni, Milu. Why those put last? It's the Kasha of the Archaim HaKadosh. The Archaim HaKadosh in source number 10. Sarach Ladas. Avni, Shom, Avni, And Acher, After all the 11. They were the, the most special. The most valuable. So the Archaim gives three answers. We're going to do the first and the third. The first one. Maybe it's based on a medrash that they were brought last. Rashi quotes us at the beginning of Parshavah VaYakel, V'ulai, where I wrote number one, the princes, the Nasim of every Shevet, brought them last. Why? Remember what they said? Everybody bring, you know, bring what they need and we'll be mashalim the rest. So everybody brought everything, there was nothing to be mashalim. Right, the big kasha on that is, maybe we'll talk about this, Parshavah Ya'kel, is you know imagine if you had somebody who said to you you know what you have a building fund let everybody donate and I'll fill in the difference mm-hmm. that's a great offer but Chazal fault them no they should have gone earlier so hopefully we'll come back to that at some point but says the Madrish that they waited till the end because Shiraoshi Avi Yisrael called it they saw it but saw it brought everything so then they said we have to bring something so they brought them last so of course they brought them last maybe that's why it's listed last. But the third answer, which again is spoken about by a number of the Bali Muser, skip down. You could do the second one um, at another time. Last four lines. Onira al-pi devrayim zal is another chazal. Sh'amu biyom and tsezim yuma. Sh'ha'anonim ha'yum eviyim asav neha The anonim, the clouds really brought the stones. The clouds brought the stones and then they brought them. Im kein mi shulcha gavo'ah ha'yum eviyim below tarach They didn't have to work hard to get these stones. They didn't have to schlep. There was no amelus with these stones. It didn't cost anything. Asher Kodesh Baruch Hu says, you didn't have to work for these stones, I'll put them last. Kodesh is not just interested in what we did, but how we did it. And do we work hard doing it? It's not just about the mitzvah. It's about the effort put into the mitzvah and the Amelos and the Zrizus in the mitzvah. once had a Rebbe that, uh, that mentioned, he was giving a, a little sikhos Musser, and he mentioned, he said, that he had, he had a Talmud that once called him up and said that he's never worked harder in his life. He was a lawyer. He's never worked harder in his life. So many hours, so many, So it's, he's killing himself. So my, the Rebbe didn't say anything, but he said, I was wondering afterwards. Why didn't he work out hard in yeshiva? He's killing himself, amelus! And the years in yeshiva, you don't have to work so hard. So he just had that ha'ara. The amelus that we have in other areas of how our life has to at least be consistent, as we spoke about of vayigash, has to at least be consistent with, we work hard in other areas. Sometimes we see we have superhuman strength you know, it's similar. Like, right? There are probably no accountants here tonight because it's that time of year, right? That time of year, right? So that they, they can push. So, so So do we? Hopefully, we have a time of year too. It's called Elul and Tishrei, where we push ourselves, getting up and right. The Sephardim really have a have a more than us. Why more than uh, more than Ashkenazim? But again, the slichas for a month. But so the That's why it's last. Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't only care about what you do, but how you do it, it's the Amelos involved. Chaim <laughs> Shvalevitz notes in one of his Sichos in Source 11, Yisrael. An amazing fact that by all the mitzvahs that B'nai Yisrael were commanded to do, lo achas. There's only one mitzvah where part of the mitzvah is to bow down. There's only one mitzvah del reisah. Mean you don't have to bow by motim. First of all, all David might be Durabanan, says the Ramban. And even if it's Darisa, the idea of Davani, but having to bow down is not Daraisa. Chazal say to bow down in certain parts of tefillah. But there's one mitzvah in the Torah where Hishtachavaya bowing down, prostrating ourselves is part of the mitzvah, and that's bikurim. Bikurim? Why? Why was Bikurim Zoha to be the mitzvah of Hishtahavah? It says There's unbelievable in the Nefesh by this mitzvah. Imagine a farmer. Imagine a farmer. He works and he puts his kishkas in and he plants and he pla- He does all this he do the pass. Right? Plants and seeds and plows and, and reaps and harvests. First of all, the first three years he can do a thing. It's all Arlah. Arloch, forget, it's off limits. Right in the fourth year. So the first few years is already off limits. Finally, you're excited. This is your Parnassah. You put so much time and effort in Amelus and you finally see a blossom. You're like so excited. You run outside and you say, For HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is for Hashem. Maybe there's no greater mitzvah with Amelus that the result doesn't even go to the person. You bring it to the Kohen in the of Amidosh. You reach the level if there's such hard work in Amelus and it's channeled to a Qurishbarhu, that brings a person to the level of totally being mavato themselves in front of Hashem. I'm all for you, God, that's what's symbolized by ishtachavaya, By bowing down, prostrating to the ground. Says Rafaim Shwalevitz. Shidosim Priyamalo, I'm on the third line. Kalashana, the whole year you try to do this. Kharisha, Sikol, Zibol, Sibel, every day you're worrying, is it going to rain enough? Did I water it enough? Did I water it too much? And you get that to your to the level of Asher debitu agashmius. you Because it's all in the amelus. It's all in the hard work. And sometimes, you know, it's uh, it's not easy being a being an oved Hashem. But that's what an oved is. An oved is something that the that we act based on what the master wants, even if it sometimes is hard. You know, we get back. We're involved in Baruch Hashem simchas chasim vakala, We're at a wedding till late at night. To get up or to get to be on time to in the next morning is not so easy. It's not so easy. You know, or, or other times, you know, sometimes it's late and uh, this, whatever it is, sometimes it's hard. But this is what we do. Right, a re- relative of mine recently was away, away somewhere on a business trip, and he uh, he called me up. He said, I just got food delivered from a certain place, but it, the package is semi-open. Am I allowed to eat it? What is it? Meat. Um, who brought it? A non-Jewish car service. Um, what else is in it? Rice. It's a little better. You have nowhere, else, nothing else. This is your supper. Sometimes you just got to say, the halacha says I can't eat it. Something called baser asalim and ayin. I'm nowhere I could get kosher food. I'll have to have rice krispies. What could I do? that will be my meal three times a day. It's hard sometimes, but the mesiris nefesh and the amelus of being an orthodox person, that's what our Kodesh Baruch Hu wants. Not just what we do, but how we do it. It's a famous thought, probably in the top five famous thoughts of the Chavitz Chaim. I would go out on a limb. Top five famous thoughts of the Chavitz Chaim. I gave it to you from the in the um, source number twelve. He, the Chavitz Chaim writes it, put it together. The Chavos Chaim where the Chavitz Chaim talks about amelus. Right? he quotes the famous line that we say in a siyum based on the gemara and brachos. Anu amelam v'heym amelam. Right, we toil and they toil. Anu amelam m'kavim schar, we toil and get reward for it and we get paid. V'heym amelam v'ina m'kavim schar, and they toil they don't get reward for it the What do you mean they don't get reward for it? You go to a non-Jewish shoemaker, you give him your shoes, and then you go pick them up, and you get it back and you pay for it. They get schar. No, it says the Chavitz what happens if you went to the shoemaker and he spent three hours on it, and he says, you know what? I can't fix it. These are too worn out. I put in three hours and you know what? I can't fix it, I'm sorry. So what do you say? How much do I owe you? You say, okay, I'll take it to a different shoemaker. You owe him nothing. If he didn't reach the goal, if he didn't fix it, he gets nothing. He gets zero. doesn't matter how, how hard he tried. If he didn't fix it, he gets nothing. says the Chavetz Chaim, Anu amelem schar for the amelus. Even if we get wrong shot in a Gemara. Even if we don't do something. Even if we're driving somewhere to do a mitzvah and our car breaks down. And we don't get there. Onu amelem u'mekabem schar for the amelus. That's the difference. That's what a Baruch Hu wants to see. Again, not just what we do, but how we do it. And that's why the Avnei HaShoam are the last on the list. Because those came the easiest, Kaddish Baruch Hu says, put them at the end. I'll accept them, and put them at the end. Okay, you can feel free to read that Moshev uh, of in uh inside. Continuing, one of the, besides the mitzvah of, of the Mishkan in general, there are a few specific mitzvahs and losasays in the parsha. One of them is perachav hei pasuk tezvav. Pasuk says that the aron has rods in it, badim, and the halacha is you're not allowed to take the badim out. That is one of the three hundred and sixty-five losasays. You're not allowed to take the badim, the rods, the poles out of the aron once you put them in but Lo yasurumi Don't take them out. So, reason Zera because Hashem says so. But maybe there are other messages that we could glean from studying this this idea. Why is it? Why would it be that you're not allowed to take out the badim from the Aro? So the Sefer Achinuch says on a very practical level, very practical level, in Source 13, vu'lai where it's underlined, Bitochatir Dabachi Pazon. Remember, says the Sefer Achinach, we didn't have an itinerary in the Midbar. We didn't know exactly how long we were going to be at every place. Rashi already quotes at the beginning of Parsh's Masai. Why does it list all of the Masaos in the Torah? Who cares where they stayed? Just say they spent 40 years in the Midbar. They started out in Egypt. They ended up in Eretz Yisrael. You have to know every single place that they stopped. So Rashi quotes why? Because if you look at them, almost all the places that they went to were in the first year. First year, that means for 38 years, Thirty nine years they hardly traveled. To show Khasty Hashem. He didn't slap him around. But it could be sometimes Khazal tells, the Gemara says, sometimes they could be in a place for a day. Sometimes for a year. You never knew. You never knew how how comfy to get. Right? How much money should I put into this tent? Right? I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. Right? So it says the you never knew, so it says the Sefer Khinah. What happens? All of a sudden a Hu says Time to go. You hear the trumpets. Parsha Baloscha talks about there were trumpets to gather and there were trumpets to travel. You hear the trumpets to travel, all the shvatim are getting on the different sides of the urn, and the, everybody's getting ready, right? March! So you're like, you gotta get the kids, this one's in the bath, you you gotta leave, right? So the corners say, Oh, I gotta get the urn. So it says the If you gotta stick the badim into the urin, they're gonna be in a rush. You know what? They might not put it in the proper way. They might put it in like like crooked and and what's gonna happen when they start traveling Rahman al You don't want Imagine a, a, a tefillin falling down, a Torah falling down, the Aaron falling down. So says the Sefer HaChinach, you can't take the badim out. I'll haaron. All right, so that's what he says. Because you're in a hurry, they won't be in tightly enough. You can't do it. You can't do it. But then he says, line 13, maybe there's another Tam, that there is something Kabbalistic. There's something symbolized by the bottom always staying in, without really explaining what that is. There's something symbolized by it. So what is symbolized by it? So the Meshachachma has two possibilities. The Meshachachma in source 14, which what many of the Baalei Machshavah talk about in this week's Parsha. V'yamru Chazal, top left, HaMeser Badi Arun Lokev. You remove the bottom of the Arun, you get Malkus. Why is it? He's, he's asking a different question. Why specifically by the Aaron? You have the Isra of removing the Badim. The Oran symbolizes learning Torah. That crown is open to everybody. Anybody can learn. But somebody can't learn without sometimes being helped by the community and by others. And a yeshiva can't stay open unless there are people who support the yeshiva. She'a, Oshir, Matil, Malay, If there is to be a yeshachar, there has to be a zvulans in the world. There could be national yeshachars and then it has to be national zvulans. Hopefully, you know, even if there are, you know, there there it there doesn't have to be exclusive. There could be yeshachars that are little zvulans and zvulans which are a little yeshachars too. But the idea of Having you know, the, every community has to support a yeshiva, support um, certain certain tamid hachamim, That's what the badim symbolize, the machzikeh haTorah, the ones that support and hold the Torah. And you know what? There can never be a disconnect between them. The Machzike haTorah and the loam de Torah have to work hand in hand, one fitting in with the other. You can never take them out. The machzike, This works both ways. The machzikeh haTorah. Must always have a connection to Talmud Torah. They always have to be in, and the made HaTorah always must have an appreciation, and maybe even take part sometimes in the Machzike HaTorah. And that's why it says the Meshachachma, it always has to. It always has to remain in. That's the first half of the Meshachachma. But I'd like to talk about the second half for a little bit. The Derech Muska, line twenty-four. Hine no dashi there is a Machlokas we shown him, but the Rambam holds that the menorah in the Beis HaMigdash was not only lit every night, it was lit in the morning as well. The menorah had to stay lit all day, says the Rambam. All day? What do you need light for during the day? It's light outside. What's the point? That the menorah is not lit for the light. The menorah is not lit for the light. He is that makes sense as the Meshechachma. Why? What's the point of the lighting in the menorah? Because he needs light? No. No. It's edus. It's testimony that Akkadah Shbarach loves us. That his Shechina is there. Said the Rambam, You light the menorah even during the day. What, only at night? That's Rashi Shita. Only at night. It happens to be next week's parasha. But the Ramav says even during the day. You dafka light it during the day to show everyone. You're not lighting this to make light. You light it during the day so that um, it is known that this is not needed just to produce light. Day and night. And then he even adds, ha-aron, shehu no-sav. So to the Aron, we know the Aron, though people carried the Aron, what a Chazal say? The Aron really carried those who carried it. The Koran kind of flew, holding the Aron. Because it was, it was light. They had to carry it, but really, Aron no sees no the Gemara says in Sotah. You don't even really need the rods. So what? You're going to keep the rods in when you carry it, but you're going to take the rods out when you don't carry it? But you really need the rods to carry the aron. So it says the when you keep the rods in. Just like you light the menorah during the day to show that even at night it's not there for the light, so too you keep the rods in the aron when it's not being carried to show that even when it's being carried, you don't really need these rods. The aron really carries itself. Shehunosiyaz asmo ki mishkan kavod hanosei olamim. So the Badem don't come out. This idea is beautifully used by the Lubavitcher Cherebi in another context. The idea of the Aaron just at the end. If you think back to the beginning of Sefer Yehoshua, there's a question that is asked. B'nai Yisrael for 40 years traveled, three Shvatim on each side, the Aaron's in the middle. Wonderful, beautiful, from Sefer Midbar, they got that Sefer, that's how they traveled. All of a sudden, they come the 10th of Nisan, and Yeshua ben Nun says, okay, this is how you go into the water. Crossing the Yardane. The Koranim are going first, with the Aaron. The, the second that their feet touch the water, the Yardane's is going to split. You're all going to go. And then the Koranim is going to fly over. So why would the Aaron go first? The Aaron was surrounded for 40 years, and all of a sudden, they're going into Eretz Yisrael, and the Aaron goes first. He asked Baba why? What changed? What changed? So in source 15, this is from Biurei Chasidus Lenach. There are three volumes of Biurei Chasidus, Chasidus of Arts. One volume on Navi, one volume on Xuvim, and one volume on Shas. We got three volumes. So right, Josh would say that uh, every couple of weeks we get one. We'll have one tomorrow. Says the, um, says the Biurei Chasidus Chass, quoting the Lubavitcher by Midbar, as long as B'nei Yisrael were in the desert, it was a totally spiritual existence. Right, they had bread from heaven. They had water that traveled with them. There were no potholes. Everything was flattened. Right, no mounds, no holes. No, not, everything was was all miraculous. It was all ruchani. It was all an ace. Their shoes grew along with their feet. You never had to go to a shoe store, right? Imagine 40 years. You never had to go to a shoe store. They never get worn out. Because But says the Rebbe, they're about to go into Eretz You know what? There's going to be a major change. There's going to be a major change in their life. You know what? They have to be farmers. you got to work the land. you got to dig. you got to plant. you got to sow. No more totally miraculous. It's all Teva. But you know what? Hashem's still there. Hashem is also behind the Teva. Hashem is behind. Who makes the plants grow? The Aran has to go first. Why? Because what's the Aran? Right? To Rebbe, the Aran has physical raw materials. Gold, wood, badim. It has dimensions. It has certain amos that the Torah describes in this week's Parsha. So it's very physical. But you know what? There's nothing physical about the Aaron. It carries the ones who carry it. it says Labavitch Rebbe, in Hamita. It doesn't take up any room in the Kodesh Kadashim. The Aaron is the symbol of gashmius and Ruchnias. Physical raw materials. But spiritual properties. You're going into Eretz Yisrael now, you've got to know this, that even though you're going to be involved in the physical world, Gashmias, it's all Ruchnias. The so, is behind Teva also, just like he was behind you for the past 40 years. Arun, Nosey, Esnosav. That's why the Badim don't come out. So we know that the Badim are just in there when you carry it, because it's not that like the Arun really needs the Badim to be carried. So why the bottom there at all because it has physical, why is it made of gold? Why is it made of anything? Because it is physical, but it uh, it's not totally, you have to get the message. Okay, there is a, there's a, running out of time here. The um, Look at the, uh, I, I'm going to say the Hemic Dover very quickly because I want to end off with Ruf So the Hemic Dover, I apologize in advance, needs more time, but I'll just say it in uh, uh, 40 seconds. The, the Nitzvah and in the Hamakdavar points out that there are four Kalim that have rods, that have Badim. The big Mizbeach, the little Mizbeach, the Arun and the Shulchan. Those four. By two of them, the Torah says, put the Badim in. Via, via, visamta abadim. By the Arun and by the Avot, by the Mizbeach Achitzim, by the big Mizbeach. He wonders why Dafka those two, put the Badim in. Says the Nitziv, because by those four, what do they symbolize? The Oren symbolizes Torah. The Mizbech Achitzon symbolizes avoda and Tefillah. Those two exist throughout the generations. Put the Badim in. Take it with you. Carry it with you throughout the Dore Doros. The other two, the Shulchan, having everything symbolizes Malchus. The um, little Mizbech, the Gemar Yuma says, symbolizes Kahuna. Kuhuna and Malchus, Khanim in the of Amidash, that you don't have forever. You don't put the Vahadim in. They're not going to be there forever. The other two take it with you. Take the Aron with you. Take the avoda of the Mizbech with you. Okay, so please feel free to look at it, Source 16. Cesar of Pink is to finish off. Many Chazals talk about the Kruvim. The Kruvim, there's a lot to talk about by the Kruvim, but again, a number of Chazals, the, the Gemara that I gave in Baba Basra, talk about sometimes the Kruvim faced each other, Magically, when B'nai Yisrael were doing proper actions from um, proper behavior, and when they weren't uh, facing each, when B'nai Yisrael did not act properly, they faced side by side, they didn't face each other. So what's the bir Hadover? Well they face each other, they didn't face each other, says to an amazing Marshall, an amazing Marshall, which he is known for. Imagine, he says on the last page, husband comes home, Shopping on a Thursday night and says, I'm here with all the groceries. And the wife's by the computer, thanks, just put them down. That's one reaction. Hi, I brought you flowers. (gasps) You did? Thank you. How are you? How was it? It was okay? How was the store? Was there lines? How do we relate to each other? There's minhatsad, and there's panim al-panim when we give somebody the time of day, when we look at them in the face, when we really relate to them, that's a relationship. That's a focus. When we acknowledge, kind of, looking sideways, not even focusing on them, Sad, how the kruvim war, when B'nai Yisrael weren't doing, that's a much lower level of a relationship. Says so of Pincus, when we do mitzvahs, you know, are we giving Hashem panim uponim when he says we put on talisons filling in our house and then walk to shul as the shulchan aruch says, do we stop by to look at the paper first and see what the headlines were? That's minhatsad. Panim upon him is we're focusing on a kaddish baruchu. When we're focusing on a baruchu, our mitzvahs has to be panim upon him. Line 22. You can read the whole thing. Feel free. Whoever's facing sideways, Hashem says, shuvno elai, come close to me. HaYavachandish im apanim elai, face me, face me, as if I brought you flowers. Right? Aide chiddush ha'karav ashkafay, the chiddush ha'edidus va'haava, mistovei adam beyoter shayachus amites amakadosh baruchu. That's the kind of relationship we need, because the second we turn to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, He's going to follow in kind. Mita kineged mita, apanim el apanim, the kruvim are a symbol of our relationship. So we have to work on that, not just giving a Kaddish Hu A. Shkayach, thank you, put it down. We have to give a Kaddish Hu A. It's wonderful. Thank you very much.